Welcome, I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. I will share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. So if you are ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. All right, this week we are going to talk about kind of like the evolution of ring nerves, which is kind of a funny thing, but I was having a conversation with a non-dog person, actually someone um, who plays tennis, and she has kind of gotten back into tennis uh, in her later years or whatever, after like a, you know, many decades not playing. And very quickly in her first couple of years, she like joined just like on a local team, kind of thought nothing of it. And then very quickly was like catapulted to, you know, they were playing for like the semifinals and like, and then the finals and like states and then regional and all this kind of stuff. And it got me thinking about the conversation really got me thinking about our evolution or our journey with ring nerves. And what I mean by that is, you know, to track this person, right? At first, she was just going back to it for fun. And, you know, it was just exercise and it was just something she loved to do when she was younger and it was fun and she just wanted to get back into it. And then she started like competing, but it was still fun. Like it was still like, it didn't really matter because she was doing it for fun and not for competitive reasons, but just like, again, have fun, exercise, like all the health benefits. She loved doing it, made her happy, you know, all those things. And then joins this team and they start doing well and so on. And, you know, she she credits and in watching the team, a lot of the credit she gives for how well they did in their first year um, was because they didn't, I'm going to say, quote, care, like so air quotes, right? They cared, but they were kind of just delighted and pleasantly surprised and just sort of going with the flow of like the fun that they were having. And they more couldn't believe that they were here, there, everywhere, right? They just like were so, because they were doing it for fun. Their reasons, their why for doing it was so much lighter and they didn't set out to get into this position. And so that whole journey really got me thinking about how it is that when we start doing dog sports, um, like for instance, my own journey with dogs, I had my first, what ended up being my novice A dog, who he was just a lot of dog. And so I kept taking him to obedience classes because I thought, well, this dog is going to be like, you know, 85 pounds. Like I need him to be a little behaved. Thank you. And so I just kept taking him to the next class, to the next class, to the next class. And then soon I was referred to the training facility where I still train today. And they offered obedience classes and agility classes. And, and now they do scent work and a whole bunch of other things. But um, at the time, all of that was really new to me. And then the first time someone said, well, why don't you go to this trial? Why don't you compete? I was like, well, okay, like whatever, let's just see. And what's always interesting about that first time, and I think of that first time for a lot of people is that, you know, 
you're nervous in a different way. You're nervous because maybe you don't know what's going on. Like for me, I was like, I don't even know what's happening. I don't know how to check in. I don't know, you know, what to do. And I didn't, the first obedience trial I ever showed up to, I didn't even own like a soft-sided crate. Like I, I was the person that, um, that other people make fun of that took my dog in way too early, sat with him in a chair and just expected him to chill on the cement for like however many long it was until we finally went. Right. I was that person. And so I was nervous about different things, but I really had no expectation about our performance. Right. I didn't have, I wasn't nervous about necessarily how we do. And I wasn't even experienced enough to be nervous about what the, all the things that could go wrong with a novice, a dog, right? You know, when you see them get the zoomies or leave the ring or like all those crazy things that happen with novice, a teams. And so I wasn't, that wasn't where my performance nerves were because I wasn't thinking in those terms, right? And this is why I call it an evolution because then pretty soon I got a little better and then I started wanting to do well. And so then I would get nervous about the outcome, right? And I would get nervous about failing or being, you know, oh my God, what if this happens or what if that happens? And sure enough, we went to our very first agility trial and I was late queuing a front cross at the end of the ring. And if you don't do agility, it doesn't matter. I was just trying to do a side change, change the other side I was handling. And um, I was late. And he kind of looked at me and saw this as an opportunity to run the length of the ring out of the ring and to the toy bin where a bunch of other handlers who had finished for the day were all squeaking their free toys, which was a thing they used to do at trials, give you free toys. Um, And um, I was, of course, mortified and embarrassed and all of that, but I didn't even know to be afraid that that could happen. Do you know what I mean? And so in a lot of ways, sometimes our experience gives us more things to fear, <laughs> right? Because then the next time I went in the ring, my friends were standing at the gate. This is before the gates were closed in AKC. Um, and they were standing there and they were blocking and all this other kind of stuff, which we're not really supposed to do. We weren't supposed to do back then either, but anywho. Um, and so now I had a new fear. Now I had something else to be afraid of. And sure enough, that dog, when he was stressed, come to find out later, he would bail like that. He would just be like, nope, can't deal with it. I'm out. See you later. Bye. And so um, we fixed that. He went on to be a really great, fun agility partner and a dream of a first dog because he was just game to try everything. But my point in all of this is that we need to think back a couple ways. One, we need to realize how far we've come. That the things that make us nervous today in terms of like performance anxiety or stepping to the line or ring nerves or butterflies or whatever it is, is your term for it, are different than they were when we first started. All right. And if you are first starting, trust me, in two years, they will be different than what they are today. And most of that is experience. You know, most of that is just the more you go in the ring, the more experiences you bank, the more um, faith you get in some of your training, and then the more worries you get because you're exposed to a whole bunch of things that could go wrong that you hadn't even dreamed possible. And so um, what causes us performance anxiety changes over the years. And in the beginning, 
you know, we go in the ring with very little expectation and just kind of want to have fun or want to see what could happen or just want to see where this kind of journey takes us. And then all of a sudden we look back and we're like, uh, how did I get here? I'm, you know, having, you know, I'm having all of these expectations and I get mad if, you know, we don't do this turn perfectly kind of a thing. Right. And so I think it's interesting to look back. That's point one. And point two is to realize that wherever you are now in terms of your ring nerves, your performance anxiety, the things that make you your stomach turn or flip or whatever, or give you a headache, you know, however you show up with stress in your body are not permanent. That this is the stage that you're in right now. And just like when you were a novice A handler, you know, this journey is going to evolve into a next chapter and a chapter after that and a chapter after that. And before you know it, you're competing in places that you didn't think that you could walk into. And I think that that's super cool also. And so I just want us to think about that in terms of, um, in terms of perspective. The other thing I want to throw into this evolution is we start to figure out how much stress we enjoy. Okay. And I, this is like the Goldilocks problem, right? If like, for instance, if you walk into the ring and you're too relaxed versus you walk into the ring and you're too stressed. But if you walk in the ring and you're sort of just right, there's somewhere in between that's like the perfect, the perfect spot, right? Where you can get into the flow. You're just enough, um, you know, stressed that you're focused. And the reason that happens is that stress focuses us. All right. In the wild, in our ancestry, um, you know, millions of years ago, um, we would, our stress or our fear would like really heighten our senses, right? So if you're, if we're out hunted or we think we're being chased or we think we hear something, right? All of a sudden we're really freaking focused, all right? Think about in your house at night or something, you hear a noise in the middle of the night and all of a sudden you have like super hearing, okay? And it's because you're really, really focused and yeah, your senses like sharpen. Well, the same is true when we compete. There's an amount of stress that is really great for our focus. And what we have to figure out is what is that perfect amount? And how do we get to that like ideal situation? And that too evolves because you probably can handle more stress than you could when you started. And you probably need a certain amount of stress to focus you. And remember, stress isn't bad necessarily. Stress can be excitement. Um, stress can be meaning, right? You need this run to mean something. Or, um, you know, if you go in and you know it's just for practice or it doesn't count, maybe it's a, a bonus leg or, you know, a bumper or some bumper leg or something like that and it doesn't count, you know, you might either try to get something different out of it or you might handle differently, right? And so that factors into our evolution, if you will, of performance anxiety and how it really is kind of a life cycle because then it also has another layer of it that is different for every dog, right? Because different dogs have different reactions and responses or, you know, you may run, you may own three dogs that are all running and one's a baby dog, one's in their prime and one's in their retirement. 
or, you know, headed for retirement. And so that all evokes a different response um, and different stressors as well. So we have to really, one, I want to give you credit for how far you've come. And I don't think we do that often enough. I don't think we look back or, you know, sometimes we're sitting around the cocktails and telling stories about the good old days, but I don't think we, we do it more like to tell stories and be funny and like, oh, remember the time when and and things like that. But I very seldom hear people really thinking through like, what were they like when they first started in whatever ring? You know, how did they handle? Um, You know, when I think back to that, that person, you know, sitting in a folding chair off to the side with her dog, no, no folding crate and uh, a bunch of treats and just thinking her two-year-old dog would just sit still for a couple hours next to a folding chair. I think, oh my God, who is that girl? Um, but then I also think like, wow, like how far we've come and how far that dog came on his journey and the lifetime that I had him and how much of a better handler he made me and then the next dog and the next dog and the next dog. And so I want us to look back a little more often for perspective whenever we feel like our ring nerves or our performance anxiety is getting the best of us because there are rings that we walk into today that we couldn't have walked into maybe five years ago, depending on how long you've been doing this, maybe 10 years ago or 15, you know? Um, And so I want to make sure that we're giving ourselves credit because it's not that we're so perfect now, but it's that we can see that we are evolving, we are growing, we're not where we used to be, and the things that make us nervous today are not the same things that used to make us nervous or the things that we're totally comfortable about today might have absolutely thrown us for a loop when we were first starting right? We've seen some things now, which is great. You know, that experience, yes. And some hands, it tells you all the things that could possibly go wrong. But on other hands, it says, yeah, but I lived through it all, right? Um, And I'm not, I don't have the first dog that ran out of the ring, right? So um, those things need to be recognized so that we can use them as stepping stones to continue to level up right? Continue to level up our mental game. And so if you're in a place right now that you are trying to improve your ring nerves, you know, or your reaction to stress, that's really a more accurate way to say that. Like, how do you react to stress? How do you react to having to step to the line or walk into a ring? What is your reaction today? What was it before? What was it maybe if you played other sports or played the piano or ran track or whatever you did when you were younger? How is it different? Are there things you can borrow from that? Are there lessons from other environments that you can bring to this ring? Okay. So I want you to always be, um, not always be looking back, but I want you to always be remembering that you're not where you used to be. And if you are on a journey to improve upon your response to stress, that you, this is very durable, very learnable, uh, with experience, with tools, with listening to stuff like this, you know, you're getting better all the time. 
And I do want to, I, I guess, put a finer point on this is that it is how you respond. Because if you think about it, the situation hasn't changed. You know, you still may get those butterflies when you're, you know, five dogs away or two dogs away or on deck to walk into the ring, no matter what your venue. But how you respond to it is different. You know, today when I start to feel that, I recognize it as excitement because I really do enjoy the adrenaline. I really enjoy walking into a ring. I really enjoy putting myself to the test in a competitive environment. And I enjoy that whole piece of it. Um, But it doesn't scare me or those situations don't scare me anymore. I feel that and I know and I recognize that it's excitement. So, um, but I also am a person who needs some intensity. Otherwise, if I'm too lax, I do not make good choices in the ring, (laughs) right? I cannot be too relaxed when I walk in. I need that, that sharpened focus. And I'm also learning that with every dog, they have a different reaction to my levels of intensity, right? Some dogs are like, don't care. And as we've discussed, Moxie is like, I care a lot and stop being so intense, (laughs) right? So we're learning. We're learning all the time. So if you're on a journey to improve your performance anxiety, you're really on a journey to improve your response to stress and to find what is your, quote, Goldilocks sort of perfect zone of um, the right kind of response or the response that is not only comfortable for you, but you perform well under, right? You're in an, in a certain, like if it's like, I might perform well under a seven and you, your ideal might be a five, right? Again, making up numbers because they're meaningless, but, um, you need to learn that and pay attention to that and make that part of your, recording feedback at the end of a weekend, right? So in on Monday, when you're looking back over the weekend and you're sitting there with your planner, you know, make a couple notes about how you felt and then how you felt before you walked into the ring and then how you did, how you felt before you walked in and then how you did or what happened, okay? And see if you can, you know, draw some correlations if you're working through something, but also start to see that like, you know what, by the end of the day on Sunday, like I was into it. Like this was, it was great. I felt comfortable. I knew what the gist was. It was good. What can you learn from that? Okay. Maybe you need an extra day to get comfortable at an environment or, you know, your dog settles down a little bit or you settle down a little bit. So we're always learning if we are paying attention to those signs. And I think, you know, we focus a lot on what the dog did wrong, which I could do an hour on that. But, um, you know, we're focused so much on what the dog went wrong that we are not, in my opinion, journaling or grabbing feedback about how our mindset was. Okay. And some of my clients are there. I have one client in particular who can like tell you exactly how her mindset was and how she felt it affected her dog. But most of my clients are like, oh yeah, I didn't really think about that. I guess, you know, in in a conversation we can dig it out and we can uncover it, but I need you to be thinking more about how your mindset, how your reaction to stress, how your reaction to the environment affected or could have affected your performance better or worse, right? Um, Sometimes you're like, that was the perfect amount. Like I was so focused, but I wasn't too angsty. It was great. And we had a good time and blah, 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 blah. Fantastic. 
But if you don't write it down, if you don't make a note about it, and you don't have to write, you know, six pages, I mean, you can, but you don't have to, you can just jot down a couple words in your planner and that'll do it. Okay. Feedback is really important, not just for your performance and how a judge would score your run, but how you would score your mindset or maybe how I would score your mindset. You know, um, some people are always thinking about what would I say <laughs> to them in that moment and feel free to borrow me for you. Um, so I just wanted you to go into the weekend thinking about that and um, committing to like making more of a note about your mindset and your and how that is affecting your response to the moment and then in turn your performance in the ring okay so keep an eye on that this weekend and um, as always let me know what you learn and how it um, you know what came up for you I'd love to hear back and don't forget I always take requests for podcast ideas so send them over to me as well and don't forget to check the show notes all right Um, and that's it. So whatever you are doing this week, I hope you have a fantastic week with your dogs. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. I would love it if you found me on Instagram or Facebook at The Q Coach and let me know how it's going. I also offer a monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out the blog and other free content. And finally, be sure to share, subscribe, and leave a review as it helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.